Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. All right, so I'm going to be starting in um, John chapter 5, and I'm going to go straight into verse 1, and we're going to set up the rest of our time together by uh, um, using this passage as a foundation. So Jesus, uh, for context, is at the beginning of his ministry, um, and he's just finished his second sign, uh, so to speak, that the Gospel of John records, and now he is moving into this one. So the Gospel of John is a little different than um, the other three Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Those three are called synoptic Gospels, and they share a lot of similar content. So in those three books of the Bible, you have a story where Jesus references himself and identifies himself as being Lord of the Sabbath, and, and there's a passage of Scripture that goes along um, either with his disciples um, walking through a field of grain on a Sunday, eating things that uh, the Pharisees didn't want them to eat, or there's a story of him healing a man's hand that was withered. Um, And so we don't get that particular account of Jesus in John, but I feel like this is an equivalent pack passage. This is kind of a Sabbath controversy, and it's when we see uh, see the Lord show up. I'm just noticing, man, anytime we start doing ministry, the lawnmower guy shows up. It's like, he just must really love the Word of God. So we may have to change rooms in a minute if the mowing gets too loud. <laughs> it's so funny. That really does always, it always happens. So um, anyway, moving into to John chapter 5. After this, this being the second sign that Jesus had performed, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. There in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, there was a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. It has five roofed colonnades, and in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been there a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be healed or do you want to be well? Your translation may read that way. The sick man answered Jesus, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. At once the man was healed and he took up his bed and he walked. Now this day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. And they asked him, who is the man that said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now, the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. And afterward, Jesus found him in the temple, that him being the man that had been healed. And he said to him, see, you are well, or see, you are made whole. Sin no more, 
that nothing worse may happen to you. Then the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them and said, My father is working until now, and so I am working. And this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. So just right from the get-go, this is a really cool story. You have a man that his entire life has um, been handicapped um, in some form or fashion, that he has not been able to do the normal things in Jewish society, that he has been an outcast of sorts, and that he has tried in his own efforts, his own limited efforts, to get himself into a place where healing might occur if the chances are right, if things line up just right. But fortunately for this man, Jesus shows up at a time that he's not expecting him. And so he heals him. He says, take up your mat. You're made whole. Um, Go, walk. And all of this um, kickback occurs because of this word and this day called the Sabbath. And so what I want to talk about for a minute is the Sabbath. And I'm going to give you um, some passages from the Bible that you can go back and read on your own. Uh, The Sabbath is talked about all throughout the Old Testament because it's part of God's covenant uh, with the nation of Israel. It's part of the Mosaic covenant uh, that was given at Mount Sinai, but it existed even before then. So you have to go literally back to the very beginning, which is Genesis 2. And I'm going to go ahead and read that passage because it's so important here. And so after God has uh, created all of his creation and kind of capped off that creation uh, with with man, uh, man and woman being made in his image. In Genesis 2, uh, verses 2 and 3, it says, On the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work. God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it he rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So just as a quick screenshot, this is the concept of Sabbath. It's a combination of resting in what God has done and sanctification, being set apart as holy. So so you've got this picture of of God speaking into creation these amazing things um, from day one to day six. And then you've got this uh, blessing from him where he blesses the creation. And then he says, okay, now we're going to rest at this time in what I have done. My work is complete. And not only are we going to rest, but moving forward, I am going to set apart this day as holy. And so two concepts at work. The rest is Sabbath right? Sabbath is resting in God's completed work, and sanctification is that uh, being set apart, being made holy. So um, you see it pick up again in the book of Exodus in chapter 16, after Moses has taken the Hebrews out of the nation of Egypt, but before he's given 
the law before God has given the law through Moses um, at Mount Sinai. And you see a reference in chapter 16 of the book of Exodus to obey this command. And presumably that command is talking about a Sabbath that maybe um, at that time the the nation was still honoring and still walking in um, that had been passed on from from their forefathers, uh, from from Adam and then on to Abraham, to Isaac and into Jacob. That's just maybe what we'll assume. So as with everything else that happens uh, from Genesis to where we find this passage picking up in John 5, um, sin corrupts man. And sin even corrupts um, institutions and laws and commands that God had given. Um, It's kind of like the phrase, I didn't come up with this phrase, but people uh, have said the phrase um, relationship or rules without relationship leads to rebellion rules without relationship leads to rebellion. You've kind of got this at work with this concept of the Sabbath. So Jesus has shown up. He's identified himself as being Lord of the Sabbath. Wow. (laughs) They're getting those weeds. That's so funny. Um, and so um, he's saying, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. I, uh, God is my Father, and, and I'm here, and I'm doing work on, on this day that I have set apart as holy, and it's a day for honoring God with rest. And, um, and so what is awesome about this is that if you remember when Jesus goes to the cross. And when he dies on the cross, he makes this declaration, um, it is finished, right? Powerful words, it is finished. And those words mirror kind of uh, what we see in Genesis 2, where God finishes his creation, he blesses it, he asks them to, um, to be set apart as holy and to rest in what he has done. And so in John, We're not in Genesis where the first Sabbath has gone on and we're not quite to the end of the Gospels where Jesus is going to say this work is finished, Uh, the work of bringing God's people back into Sabbath rest, back into sanctification. Um, We're we're right right in, in the process. And so for the Pharisees, they see what Jesus has done as unlawful work. He has healed someone on the Sabbath. Any other day of the week, it would be okay, I guess. But we're not going to make a 38-year-old invalid well on this day because that is not God-honoring. That's what they're saying. And uh, I think this is just hilarious um, because then they get really upset that the gentleman has picked up his mat and he's walking around. And and so um, it reminds me of a struggle in my own life where sometimes I can can stumble um, with my brothers and sisters who may be different than me in the way that they practice their faith. And I start comparing my faith to theirs. And I think about some, I think, oh, they're not free enough or, oh, they're they're too free. And those are not good thoughts, right? Because um, for those of us who are in Christ, we're we're all free um, and and we are slaves no more. And so you've got this picture of this man who was laying by these pools and he didn't have any freedom in his life at all. And he says that there was no one who could help him get to that place, the place of water where he thought his healing might occur. And I think about the same Jews and the same Pharisees that are calling out this man for walking around now. They must have passed by him hundreds of times. It's not like he went anywhere. He was bound to a mat. 
And, you know, I, I think that probably there was something in their religious hearts that said, oh, this man, he's not, he's not free enough for us to help him. He's bound by something, and he must have done something to deserve to be in this place, so we're going to walk by him in a state of being bound. But then on the day that he has an encounter with Jesus and he becomes too free, everyone gets upset about it. You're walking around with your mat now. You're too free. And so this is just a good reminder, and it's not the heart of what I'm saying, that our aim should be to please God and God alone. If God gives us a command to be free, then be free in Jesus' name. So moving along, um, what I want you to picture with me and what the Lord showed me about this passage is that the man is celebrating, the man who's been healed is celebrating Sabbath more than the Pharisees are, or at least he is celebrating um, what is the heart of Sabbath more than the Pharisees are. I want you to remember what we already read in John 5. It says, uh, when Jesus asks him, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be healed? He tells him, sir, I have been trying and no one's been able to help me. I can't get there fast enough. I can't do these things fast enough. And so Jesus speaks a word to him. I'm just going to go straight to the text so that we can get back there. Jesus says, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, while I am trying, while I'm giving everything that I have, I don't know what that looks like. Does that look like an army crawl? Does it, I don't know. Like this man is bound to his mat. What does it even look like for him to try? We don't know that, but it says, I have been trying and others are stepping in front of me and it's just not worked out. But Jesus has a word for him. And the word is get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed. He took up his bed and he walked. So to the Pharisee's heart, it looks like this man is doing work, that he is rolling up his mat and that he is walking around. But I think in God's eyes, it looks like this man is resting. He's resting in the completed work and word of Jesus over his life just then. The word and work of Jesus in this moment was get up take up your bed and walk. Rest is obeying the command of what has been spoken over your life. So when Jesus bumps back into this man in uh, John 5, verse 14, it says, Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said, See you are well and sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. If the man had obliged the desire of the Pharisees to go back to his mat, you know what he would have been doing? He would have been resting in his works, not the work and the word of Jesus. That mat, that picture of 38 years of failed efforts, those were works, and that is what Jesus was calling him to rest from. And there's only one place that there's biblical Sabbath rest, and that is in the work and the word. Of Jesus Christ. And so what is the application for us today? There's a big overarching application that when Jesus died and said on the cross, it is finished, that for those of us who are covered in the blood of Jesus, who have confessed him as our Lord, like the eternal work of salvation is done. We're going to be in heaven someday. We're going to experience eternity. We're going to have fellowship. Um, 
in, in person with the Lord. But certainly there are these areas of, of our life that God has something to say about. He has a, a word for it. He has done the work for it. And our job is to cease from our own efforts and to rest in what He has blessed and what He has done. So again, go back to Genesis 2 and get this picture in your mind. And then we're going to try and move it to an area of your life. But get this picture in Genesis 2. God has concluded His creation. And then it says that He blesses it. He blesses it. He institutes um, this command to rest in what He has done. And then he, he introduces uh, this principle that he has set apart this day and this time is holy. And so that happened in Genesis 2, but it's still it's a picture of what God did for us through Jesus. When Jesus said, it is finished, God came and he pronounced a blessing on all of those who accept Jesus and who are in Christ. He then... Um, welcomed us in to the Sabbath rest of being content and complete in what Jesus has done and stopping our good works like like not walking around with a mat rolled up on the Sabbath is an example of what the Pharisees thought was going to to get them in to this promise of Sabbath and sanctification. And then last but not least, God has set us apart, and there's all kinds of scriptures. There's a ton in 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Peter, um, where the Lord talks about through, through men. The Lord talks about sanctification. But as we kind of wrap up and try to bring together these thoughts, in John 17, Jesus is speaking to Father God, and he says of those around him, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. The word sanctify, just its secular definition, means to put something um, in, its, in its right place. So um, the example um, that I found online was like um, an ink pen. If you take an ink pen and you put it in my hand and I begin to write with it, that pen has been sanctified to be used for its intended purpose. And so whenever you go back to the story in John 5, and you have this picture of Sabbath, of this man receiving the word Jesus spoke over him and the work that Jesus extended in healing him. And in that resting by picking up his mat and walking, you also see a picture of sanctification because he has picked this man from a crowd. He has set him apart and he has called him into this place of intended use. It says that that man uh, began going around and testifying that it was Jesus who had healed him. And so um, that is that is the testimony of all of our lives that we are called to cease from our own efforts and works, to try to be made well, to try to be made whole, to receive the word in the work of Jesus Christ, and in that to be sanctified by that truth, by that word, so that we can be used for our intended purpose to go and let others know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so if you're going to soap that out, I'm going to condense that back for those that are interested in learning how to do the SOAP method. Uh, my whole, my S would be Scripture, John 5. My observation would be 
that what looks like Sabbath to a Pharisee and what looks like a Sabbath to God are two different things. What looks like rest to a Pharisee and what looks like rest to a person that knows they've been made whole by God are two different things. The application, that's the A in the SOAP acronym, would be, Lord, what areas of my life need to um, surrender to your rest? What areas of my life need to surrender to your sanctification? Where are the areas that I'm still operating with a lens that's like a Pharisee saying, oh, too free today, can't be free on Sundays, or oh, not free enough over there, can't help out that can't help out that person. And the prayer would be a lot of things. Um, We could always start with a prayer of thanks. Jesus, thank you that you are Lord of the Sabbath. Thank you that you finished a work that God began in redeeming a nation, redeeming a people, and redeeming my life. Jesus, I pray that I would cease from my activities, from my strife, Strife for this man looked like going back to the mat and laying on it again and doing the same thing that he'd been doing for 38 years. So that's just kind of soap in an overview. I would ask you as a point of reflection today, what are the mats that need to be rolled up in your life? Because as I've said multiple times, we have a command to walk in freedom. We've been set free to walk in freedom. That came through the it is finished work of Jesus Christ, through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. So it's not a question. It's not a question about if Jesus comes up to us today and says, be made whole. You're healed. Do you want to be well? Jesus has said, I have made you whole. I have made you well. And I did it in the it is finished work of my son Jesus on the cross. So what are the mats in your life that you keep going back to? Well-meaning in trying to be made well, in trying to be made whole, that just need to be rolled up, moved along, and probably thrown to the wayside. I would ask you today, are you resting on your mat or are you resting in the completed work of Jesus? Because that is the Sabbath. Certainly the Sabbath is a day of of the week that we honor the Lord, but Sabbath is a lifestyle and it's a lifestyle of resting in the word, in the work of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for for showing us that in in John 5. Thank you for showing us kind of unconventionally what Sabbath looks like in a man that's walking around instead of laying on the ground, a man that is experiencing uh, freedom instead of a, a forced rest by handicap and failed efforts. I pray for every woman on the other side of this, either on Facebook or on podcast, that she would have a new measure of freedom in her life and that she would know it only comes from Jesus Christ. I pray that your seed of this word be sown on rich soil, that the hearts of all those listening are rich soil and that you would bring harvest from it in the coming days. I pray that they would not be able to get this story out of their mind and that for the areas that weren't clear or that they didn't understand, there was a lot talked about very quickly, Lord. I pray that they would dive in deep and that you would give them a revelation from this passage. That's what you showed me from John 5. You showed 10 of my friends totally different things. Thank you for the expression of your word. Thank you, Father. Amen. 
Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. We gather for our monthly worship gathering open to any woman who has interest the second Tuesday of every month at the Monterey in the Arts District of Durant, Oklahoma. 